I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to All Things Policy. My name is Rohan Seth, and I am here today with Pratik Vagre and Sapni J Krishna. One of the few things that I really love about recording this podcast is the amount of stuff I get to read. I mean, the government's coming up with new um, regulations around the clock. and it's really something to keep up with all of that i mean we've seen i think this is the third document we're going to be talking about it describes the legal landscape of uh, tech policy in india and um, and i get to break that down with some of the finest minds in the business so so let's begin sapni uh, can you put this document in context this fascinating reading and and tell us more about it thanks rohan so as you said it this is the third document in our inquiries into the governance of digital communication networks so as we've mentioned in previous episodes and you know, as part of our inquiry we've defined digital communication networks as as composite entities which basically have the capability to to scale those are pro- products internet based products or services that can enable in- instant communication to happen at scale and that is made of that is held by operators or firms that have designed or operate these products and that they are networks and these are groups of individuals or entities that sort of adopt and use these services while interacting with each other so this is broadly what we have dis- defined as tcn digital communication networks so within that definition in that broad definition a lot of your uh, social media so called broadly defined as broadly attributed as social media including your facebooks your whatsapps your twitter youtube these are like currently siloed i mean categorized into different silos so our definition of dcn sort of bring all of that together as mediums where digital communication happen so this particular document here we i tried to look at the indian legal landscape on online harms so why this at the moment as uh, rohan correctly pointed out there there is a sort of interest in revamping the entire legal system around digital communication networks in our in in our terms and around social media and the internet in general in broader terms so in in that context right so so where there is interest from the in in the public in the legislators so including your parliamentarians i think recently there was the mos of uh, meti also gave a statement in in you know closed door discussion i think on with nascom where they mentioned that the it act is sort of not comprehensive enough etc so in that context and in addition to that there is this sort of momentum across the world so right from uh, australia to uk to even of course in the us there are i think even brazil for that matter there are there are conversations happening where people want to sort of tackle the harms that happen on social media platforms quote unquote that so the idea behind this document is to see where we stand right now within the indian on the indian legal landscape as in what can we do to address online harms 
and in that process what we are trying to achieve in a in a larger way is to say that before we jump in and you know act on this impulse that oh the internet is a wild wild west and it's completely unregulated etc we sort of look at sort of bringing in more nuance to it saying that yes there are problems but we also have a bunch of solutions we also have solutions that are currently in place and the implementation can make a difference so that is the motivation behind this and uh, and it, it helped that there was an incredible paper by in the tech reg, tech reg uh, journal based on the uk's approach on online online harms on the online safety harms sort of approach to regulation of technology platforms more focused on internet but for us it it's it has great impacts on regulation of social media so this is the context where all of this stands and, and if i can just add one point there something very quickly it's also uh, you know so you mentioned that the minister of state had made a statement in a, in a closed door meeting you know in the last or so in before the current parliament session went or break even the minister made a statement in the house talking about the need for stricter regulation of social media right? so it, it all sort of plays in to this current scenario right we're in where we're looking at new types of regulation uh, and you know like you said i think it's important to get a sense of the current landscape and figure out what the existing existing laws are and how they apply hey that's um, that's quite fascinating one thing sort of uh, before we sort of get into the next question is that this also reminds me of um, my time in new delhi so i was working as a tech policy analyst and i remember this such discussion about what to be regulated who should be regulating it so for example we'll get public consultation from the telecom regulatory authority of india on ott platforms and the first thing my employer would say was that is try really the right authority to regulate this should meti be doing this and so on so really i think there's a there's a history of sort of who regulates what should it be regulated at all and so on and it's a, just a fascinating space to be in that side tangent aside uh, let, let's talk about what's actually in the document uh, so sapni i'll come to you first right so within the document we have tried to sort of firstly define what we are tackling as online harms so what in this document specifically what online harms means is that a set of actions that can occur on on dcns that can cause legal injuries to users whether those users are individuals or or, or group of user group of individuals so legal injuries in that sense like it could be there are injuries which there are in in non legal terms there are effects on people which need not be necessarily considered legal injuries because the law does not criminalize it or penalize it etc so right now we we limited that scope to sort of look at exclusively on legal injuries so within that scope we have uh, identified various a range of harms so that that ranges from you know actions on on as in calls on social on social media platforms like say instagram where self harm is sort of you know ad, there is some sort of advocacy for self harm etc so that that can easily fall into the definitions of abetment of suicide as uh, given in the indian penal code so ranging from that to child sexual abuse material how to deal with that and of course the very uh, always in the limelight defamation laws which is something we see too often in cases of social media related on on activity or posts on dcns so that is what we are looking at so we've identified 
instances like that and on the basis of those instances i ca- categorized them as two one in like broadly these are two categories so one is harms clearly identified as a legal injury by the law so which as i said the example of uh, abetment to suicide or even for that matter if you if you look at child sexual abuse and exploitation there's a there are a range of laws already in place that includes the pocso act that's the Pr- protection of children from sexual offences act the information technology act the it act and obviously the indian penal code so we've sort of identified what are the provisions there and how you can go about it and then again the, a range of other instances right as harassment and cyber stalking all of which is all too common on dcn platform so that is broadly what we've covered what are covered within the harms that are clearly identified as legal injury and the other set the other categorization is harms with a less clear legal definition so that there is no absolute lines that are drawn in terms of the law in place whether or not they are legal injuries so there the the example i gave of uh, advocacy of self harm that doesn't necessarily that's a very gray sort of area there are a bunch of laws like ipcs abatement suicide and whether it and particularly because we see a lot of that in the background in the context of the facebook papers when they came out on instagram you know how it has a lot of mental health related effects and there was subsequent reporting on how they how teenagers and adolescents are pushed towards a lot of self harm so that sort of thing within the indian law within the ipc it can be covered under section 305 which is the abatement of suicide of a child or an insane person so such instances we have identified that there is more uh, for example i can i can uh, examples that i can quote is uh, say for example something we talk about a lot right is, is disinformation so that's that's very tricky because something there's definitely the intent part of it there's definitely the mens rea as the law calls it when it comes to disinformation as you know why we can differentiate that from misinformation because of the lack of intent per se so when that sort of intent is there there are a bunch of laws which can which can be used to tackle it but because it's so vaguely formulated the effects of it might not be very clear and the same goes with say doxing or and and even something i think might be interesting to look at is revenge pornography and i'll i'll come back to it by hey, sapni before we sort of uh, delve into revenge pornography let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and and pivot to that Hi, welcome back to All Things Policy. Uh, we are off to a fascinating side tangent where Sapni is taking us through some some incredible information. So, uh, Sapni, do you want to continue and take us through the revenge pornography aspect of this? Right. Sure. Thanks. So, as I dropped off, you know, sort of talking about how there are legal harms with less clear definition, identifying them as uh, and the victims as having been subject to legal injuries. So, revenge pornography is an excellent. case study of that where there are laws in place like the idea within the idea there is punishment for violation of privacy there is punishment for publication of obscene materials without consent etc and there are further obviously the age old laws within ipc also prevents that but again to sort of implement it 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 takes a lot of 
detours and you know a lot of nuanced arguments to get to the point of acknowledgement within the law saying that yes this is a legal injury that the victim had to go through and because of which the victim deserves justice which obviously translates into punishment for the perpetrator and penalties etc as as in how they are sort of has an how they come and fall into place so there i think it, it's interesting and we've also discussed this in the document about this particular case called animesh pakshi so the case is titled state of wrestling always is animesh pakshi where a trial court and and this is where it gets really interesting right so the fact that there are a bunch of laws and they can be applied and and that did not need a supreme court or a distinguished co- constitutional court to sort of bring that interpretation forth is where we will clearly have and and observe the differences that the current legal framework can make for the set of legal legal harms that can happen on dcns and broadly on on the internet as well so here the it, this was a, tri- a trial court judge in the district of mednipur i hope i'm pronouncing it right in west bengal adjudicated a matter relating to revenge pornography and it's probably the first one of the first uh, decisions in from india where the accused was convicted for non consensual sharing of sexual images online under the provisions of the ipc and the it act or not so something we often see come across uh, as you know protection of women protection of children these are very recurring justifications when conversations about oh we need a new set of laws for social media platforms or we need a new set of laws for encrypted platforms etc when that happens we see this and so the broadly again i think this this comes back to the point that i was initially talking about how there are laws that we have and our laws if interpreted rightly innovatively they can be used to achieve the ultimate objective of justice in cases of a lot of online harms so when we so the broad point hence that i'm trying to make within in through this document is that we need to be aware of the scope of these laws that we currently have before we jump into more uh, into creation of new laws which obviously has the higher chance of sort of erring in the side of over regulation whether it be it and it could range from censorship to censorship and on all other kinds of limitations on the freedoms that the constitution of india grants us which might not be necessarily covered by the restrictions the constitution of india allows us to place on those freedoms thanks apni um, one thing i would like to sort of point out is that prathik's got a good body of work and is uh, working around stuff like this and i'd love to get your thoughts on it prathik um, do you have something to add hey yeah thanks one so you know while not related specifically to this to this document right, but as sapni was talking about the fact that hey there are existing laws and we should also be looking at uh, trying to understand how how they apply right now some of you may know that i also happened to write a, a substack publication i don't like to call it a newsletter uh, right on uh, on india's information ecosystem and one of the things that i've been trying to do through that in you know in in, in recent weeks is basically trying to understand the various ways in which you know fir etc are used against people for uh, for content that they post on on social media or as a result of content 
uh, on all social media. Before I proceed, Pratik, can I just add that I am a frequent reader of the newsletter and I think it's fascinating the kind of stuff that you do work on and whether it regard to FIR tracking and so on. I really, um, just humble plug over there for you. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. T- today, for once, I plugged it before you, you could do it. <laughs> But anyway, so so coming back to this, right? So it is this is essentially all you know building up towards trying to answer the question of hey, should India have uh, an anti-disinformation law, right? And this is a question that's been on my mind, you know, ever since I started looking into the subject. But it sort of uh, was sparked off again by the recent uh, Parliamentary Standing Committee on Information Technologies uh, report, which essentially advised the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting to study such laws uh, in other countries, right? Now, you know, so so what, what we're trying to do basically with this is, you know, essentially getting a sense of the way in which the Indian state prosecutes false information or hate speech, etc. And then are there any clear patterns that uh, that we can see once it starts building up into a into a sizable, sizable resource, right? Now, what we've tried to do, or what I'm trying to do rather, uh, with, with this is uh, focusing it mainly on, you know, what we defined as narrative harms uh, in, in the first paper that, that Sapni also referenced about categorization of uh, of harms attributed to digital communication networks. And this plays largely in the in the field of, you know, where there is potential to control and manipulate information, uh, where there's, poten- you know, where there's, uh, where there's implication for trust in institutions and, and social cohesion uh, in general, right? And then I guess a byproduct of that is that a lot of individual, you know, individual cases of, of harassment, blackmail, cheating, etc. may not, will not uh, likely make it on the tracker. That's not really a, you know, that's not a comment on their relative importance. It's just a question of uh, resources that I have as one person doing this. Uh, and, you know, the, the goal of the tracker, which is about uh, should India have an anti-disinformation or, or how are we using our, uh, our current laws, right? So, you know, I, I know Rohan, you wanted you wanted to make a pun on this. Uh, so, I, so I do write about this as uh, the firing line uh, in... Uh, or, or as in I would say, college. it's Firsay. Sorry, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just just a couple of caveats here, right? Uh, in the sense that because this is based largely on uh, on on news reports and and FIRs, there is potential for uh, for bias, right? So the the data, you know, the, the tracker itself shouldn't be considered uh, exhaustive. I think it would be better off considering it indicative at best, right? And uh, of course, the fact that it relies mainly on uh, on, on news reports in English also plays plays a role there. And I just, just want to point out a couple of things. Right? So the, the way I've tried to uh, organize this is in a couple of ways. One is if by the type of action that's taken. So this could be if there's an arrest or a case or an FIR or a detention of some sort, uh, or if there are threats. Uh, I've sort of started tracking court proceedings as well. The other is by target. And this one's interesting because it's either the target can either be the post or it went viral in courts, right? And this is this is an interesting one because you see a lot of uh, news reports where uh, it seems that action has been taken only after the post post went viral, and I think that's that's an interesting question, right? For for those of us who are worried about you know the equal application of law, it, it's an interesting question of hey, you know how important is the dynamic that you know law enforcement agencies jump in only after you know a certain event goes viral uh, because of uh, and and then catches public attention because of outrage. Uh, so I pause there. Uh, you know, I, I think I'll include a link to my tracker and hopefully do another update by the time this uh, this episode goes out. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stop there. 
Hey, so I'm conscious that we are almost out of time. And uh, before we end, I would like to ask either of you for concluding thoughts on this matter, because I think it's a developing space and something to keep an eye out for. So Pratik, Sapni, you want to go ahead and take that? Yeah, so I, I'll just reiterate, right? I think, uh, and Sapni made this point, uh, and that's the whole point of the document as well, is that, uh, look, it's normally easy for us to jump into trying to create a new regulation. Uh, and while in some cases that's very warranted, uh, it's important before we jump into that to make sense of the existing landscape, right? And which, which is essentially the question that we're trying to ask here, right? Trying to get people to pause and think and ask that question before creating new regulation, which sometimes, you know, it, it also creates this thing of, uh, hey, we're doing something about it, right? And it, so we're trying to address uh, that situation essentially. I think I would just have probably an ask to other regular listeners. So while the document obviously will be linked into the show notes but if we've tried to i've tried to make it as exhaustive as i possibly could with very generous help from a lot of people who contributed to it but if there are things there are instances which listeners do think that i've missed should please reach out to us at takshashila and we'll be glad to actually update it and make it more exhaustive Right, thanks. I, I will just add that Sapni, of course, is a fantastic resource. So if you don't, uh, please follow her on Twitter and um, that might be super useful for your information diet. So um, thanks, Pradeek. Thanks, Sapni, for joining in. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode of All Things Policy. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.